Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 142, and we're discussing good starter anime for beginner weebs. This episode will be spoiler-free so that you can go into these shows not knowing what to expect. So what's going on with us? What's new with us? What have we been up to besides anime stuff? To be honest, I haven't been watching much anime recently, although I the recommendation of one of our friends i think a couple days ago i watched mashal which is what was it magic and muscle or something um which i didn't know it it kind of feels like a mashal magic and muscles i just looked it up on google kind of feels like a parody of harry potter and yeah there are a lot of allusions to that world in the way that certain characters and environments are designed uh but i gave the first episode a watch so far and i i thought it was pretty pretty comical so i might add this one to my ever-growing list of spring anime to wrap up i've been interested in it because the concept seems really unique i guess unique um but i don't know i just haven't like picked it up yet because i have such a long list of other stuff that i'm watching but let me know what you think of it, and if you enjoy it, then maybe I'll I'll binge it. Yeah, so the premise of it is it's kind of... It reminds me of My Hero in that the protagonist, whose name is... What the hell's his name? <laughs> Mash Burndead, uh, which sounds very much like Harry Potter. But he lives in this world filled with magic, but I think he doesn't have any magic powers at all. Instead, he works on his bodybuilding, which proves to be just as effective, if not more effective than using magic. And so I think the premise of it is he gets accepted into this academy to study magic, but he wants to prove to everyone that Braun can beat uh, the fantastical, I guess. How many episodes are you in? Only, Only the one. Oh, okay. <laughs> because again, it was at the recommendation of one of our friends who had cosplayed as Mesh at ASEN. And he, he told me about it. And again, with that sort of wizarding world connection, it got me interested. So at f- first, I want to kind of wrap up some of the other anime uh, for the spring that we're watching uh, before I can fully dive into this one. So, what would you say is your favorite thing that we're watching this season? You don't have to count Vinland Saga though, because <laughs> I know we both fucking love that. I would say my home hero. You really like that one that much? Yeah, because it's it's just it hits it, it hits, hits different. <laughs> it hits different from a lot of anime that we've seen recently, in that it's more of that psychological thriller. Rather than a typical slice of life, a typical shonen, uh, so it's almost along the or in the same vein as Vinland Saga, where it feels different from other series that we've seen commonly. Oh, I thought you were gonna say that it's similar to Vinland Saga, as in like it's as good as Vinland Saga. Oh no, and then no. I would have been like, hang on a second. <laughs> no, more so in it's the, the type of story that it's telling. Okay. I mean, we're we're both, what, six episodes in because we're watching this one together. And I, it's not like I dislike my home hero. I'm just not super 
happy with the way it turned out. Like the premise sounded really great, but the way the show is turning out or the execution just isn't what I was expecting. And I didn't have like crazy high expectations for it to start with, but I don't know. So I think it's a combination of the animation and the pacing of everything and like where the story is going, where I'm kind of like scratching my head at it. But it's not enough to turn me off to the show. I'm still happy to to finish watching it. So what have you been enjoying this spring then besides Farmland Saga? <laughs> um, quite a few shows. Uh, the Dangers of My Heart is really good. Um, Konosuba, the Megumi spinoff is really good. Skip and Loafer is really good. But really the the next best thing behind Vinland Saga, I think anyway, um, on our list is Heavenly Delusion. It's like really good. We're not even that far in. I think we're a few episodes behind, like five episodes in right now. But it just gives me this, like I love the mystery behind it. It gives me these like creepy, eerie vibes, even though the show isn't extremely eerie. Like you know it's going down a path where something really weird is going to happen. It's kind of like when I watch Summertime Rendering. It's just, it's just like a... First of all, Summertime Rendering, I believe, was an anime original, but I could be wrong. I think it was based off of a manga. Was it? Wait, I'm going to look right now. Oh, shit, you're right. It is based off of a manga. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I guess for me anyway, I don't know the source material. So it's like a a fresh story that had, had me captivated really quickly because of like the mystery and the creepiness behind everything. And that's the same vibe I'm getting with Heavenly Delusion. But is Heavenly Delusion an anime original? No. It is not. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. Again, I, I don't know the source material, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. And the animation is like movie production level. It's it's so good. It's beautiful to, to look at. It's amazing um, to, to watch because it's just a really intriguing story. Yeah, and I think the most recent post I saw from Annie Trends where they post like their top 10 anime of the week uh heavenly delusion or tengoku daimakyo is currently at the number one spot so a lot of people are enjoying this show and i think i enjoy it too because you're sort of unraveling the mystery of the world as it goes along and then putting all of these pieces together as you see the two the 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 duo maru and kiruko traverse this like post-apocalyptic world while there's this whole other world uh, that is unbeknownst to them and seeing when those paths will converge. I was really worried about watching this one because you put it on your list before I did. Um, and then you kind of got me into watching it. But I was w- nervous about it because reading the synopsis or, or the plot just felt so similar to The Promised Neverland. And mm-hmm. we all know how disappointing season two was. So I was scared to get hurt again. But so far, it's really fucking good. Um, so we'll see where the story goes once we catch up. But I've really been enjoying that. But I guess outside of anime stuff, because <laughs> that was originally the the direction I was I was heading was what are we doing outside of like the anime world? I of course am still playing Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, um, so nothing new there. But what about you? Well, I've gone from the anime world to the animated world. So the reason I've only watched one episode of Mashal is because I was browsing. Disney Plus one night trying to find something outside of anime to watch because I always forget that Disney also has like its slate of great animated TV series. Uh, I think it started because I realized that a lot of Spider-Man content is on Disney Plus now. And so I've been watching 
every uh, Spider-Man movie <laughs> <laughs> in order. <laughs> well, yeah, it has the, the Raimi films. It has the the first Amazing Spider-Man film, the first uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man film, and then I realized they added uh, the MTV Spider-Man TV series that I grew up, where I I watched as a teenager, which a lot of people I asked them about it, and it they don't seem to know what it is, but I ended up not watching any of those like Sp- the Spider-Man TV series and jumped to a little show called Recess which hit me right in the nostalgia because I remember watching Recess growing up on the one Saturday morning block on the ABC channel. I watched Recess as well growing up, but when it was on Disney, is that where it went after that? Uh, it was on Disney and I think Toon Disney before it became like Disney XD. Yeah, whatever whatever Disney Channel thing it was under was when I watched it because I don't even know what Saturday morning. One Saturday morning? Or maybe I do, but I just don't remember enough about it. Well, it, it was like a, a programming block early in the morning on Saturdays on ABC and it, they would play, you know, they'd play Recess. Oh, what other show? I remember Pepper Ann. Okay, I remember Pepper Ann. Yeah, the Pepper Ann. Was that Pepper not Ran. also on Disney? It was. All of these were on Disney because ABC is owned by Disney. Oh, okay. But I watched <laughs> them all on Disney. It's probably because I didn't wake up early as a kid. I'm not mm. a morning person. I'm a night person. So yeah, waking me up in the morning on a weekend was not successful. <laughs> yeah. So you had Recess, Pepper Ann, The Weekenders, which I also tried to find on Disney+, Plus, but sadly it's not available on there yet. But I defaulted to Recess because, yeah, that was the first TV show that I really loved from that one Saturday morning programming block. Uh, For those of you who aren't familiar with the show, it's just about this group of kids at an American elementary school, and it goes into some of their hijinks and antics during the recess period of their school day. And it's really stuck in the 90s, which is great. Like the, the, um, the main character, TJ Detweiler, has a backwards baseball cap on and a bomber jacket and these really baggy jeans, which just screams 90s fashion. And each of the other supporting characters also has their own like 90s flair. Uh, but I don't know, it's something about 90s humor just hits so well. And it comes across very, very strongly in this show. Uh, and I, you know, I didn't realize how much of Recess is almost like a, an, uh, study of like social hierarchy uh, because you have all the different grades and then some of them are like cliques and then you have like a like a, a the sixth graders one in particular king bob who kind of rules over the dominion of recess and then the kindergartners who are kind of portrayed like a tribe so a lot of things that probably if you were to put in like a animated tv show today would be questionable but back in the day, like that stuff was just really funny. And so I've been kind of watching the series in the background as we're doing chores or taking care of the baby. But man, it's it's been a treat rewatching this show. And I'm glad that it's on Disney Plus. I can just hear the opening theme song in my yeah. head over and over again. <laughs> That's also a classic. And I know a lot of us like to stick with the TV classics that we've come to know and love, 
but I'm sure there's a group out there who would love to venture into other things, which is kind of the focus of today's episode, right? Wow. Yes, <laughs> it is. We are talking about good starter anime for beginner weebs. Certainly not a new topic out there. Many people have put out their you know, best starter anime or good starter anime lists. So we're just going to do it in the way that we do things here at Strictly Anime. A little bit of background on how we landed on this topic. Uh, there was that list that went around or not went around but list that came out from michael b jordan i don't know who interviewed him i can't remember who put out that article but it mm -hmm. asked him like what it was it was a um in-person interview and do the, you know who interviewed him though i'd have to find the tweet i know that we actually discussed this as part of a pre-show which is available to our patrons. So if you are interested in becoming a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash the Strictly series. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan was being interviewed uh, during like a promotional tour for his movie Creed 3. And the interviewer knew that he, him directing the film, he was very inspired by anime. So he had asked if Michael B. Jordan had any starter anime that he could recommend and the rec the anime recommendations that he had were pretty hefty like like looking at it as an anime fan because they were the big three plus other like shows that could take years and years to watch yeah and joey um aka the anime man on youtube tweeted out saying like as good of a list as it is you're asking somebody to commit to literally hundreds of episodes when they're barely getting started with anime and i thought that was a really good point so we figured if we were to provide some starter weeb or beginner weeb or a normie who wants to get into anime with recommendations on what to watch we wanted to find stuff that could be reasonable to watch something that's not 300 plus episodes and saturated in filler but something that's like maybe 50 episodes or less or one or two seasons so something that can be easily consumed um, with a story that's still worth watching. So these lists are just our picks. It's not by any means an ultimate list um, where we're saying like these are the best of the best options out there. Um, there's certainly a lot of big anime that we haven't seen yet. Like I, I'm sure someone's going to say, well, what about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? We haven't seen it yet. So this these lists are just from the things that we've seen, which is still a lot. We've seen a lot of anime. Um, so it's by no means like a definitive list. There's plenty more out there. And we'd love to hear what you guys think should be added to our lists. But we set some ground rules for ourselves um, while still wanting to do very individualized lists. So I figured we can kind of go through what um, our thought process was when building our list. But we both agreed that, again, it should be a reasonable amount of episodes to watch, although that can be very subjective. So we'll see what you consider reasonable versus what I consider reasonable. Um, and then we just thought that it needed to be something um, that would get somebody hooked into anime that's the whole point is to help a beginner weeb fall in love with anime and to do so you have to give them recommendations for shows that they're really gonna love that are worth watching but besides that i think we kind of approached our lists in a, a different way so do you want to share your thought process behind your list because i think you have like way less anime on your list than i do yeah i'll just go ahead and say that i just have eight anime 
on my list, and I'm afraid to ask how many you have on yours. I actually don't know. Um, oh. Let me count. I have like 17. Wow. But some of them are grouped together. <laughs> I'll <Someone> explain. <laughs> went above and beyond for the high grade. Uh, but yeah, I figure that as usual, we'll have overlap because most of the shows that I've watched are shows that you've watched, and I'm pretty sure all the ones that I listed are shows that we both watched. But my rationale for this list uh, is kind of what you mentioned. I, I used two rationale, the first being that these shows are not heavy time investments like the big three, so they're not like 200 or 300 plus episodes. I would say there's probably two or three series that will take some time to go through because they have a quite significant episode count. But I figure for those who like to binge things on Netflix or Hulu or what is now called Max, I I feel like the shows that I mentioned are easily doable because most anime episodes are what, around 20 minutes, and so you could get three in in an hour. Um, So a lot of these you can wrap up in maybe like six or seven hours. But my second rationale is I was thinking of this list in terms of what I would recommend to one of my friends who hasn't seen a lick of anime besides Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! when they were growing up, and therefore is just wholly unfamiliar with the genre. And so I, I didn't really put this like target it towards like a specific like specific groups of viewers who either like fantasy or like action. I just based this list off of like a, a, a broad palette of anime from different types of genres that they would probably enjoy. Although I will say that the friend that I had in mind slept through the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. (laughs) So my hopes for them are not that high in general, but hopefully one of these on this list will entice them. I won't say names, but if you're listening, you know who you are. (laughs) What was your rationale, though? So uh, going back to a reasonable episode count, I told myself all of the recommendations I have have to be 50 episodes or less currently a lot of these are ongoing series and they're going to surpass 50 episodes at some point but as of right now they have to be 50 episodes or less so you think about it one full season like a full season of anime is about 24 to 25 episodes although you have like the shorter seasons that are like 12 13 so two full seasons would be 50 episodes and i don't think that's a terrible commitment when it's spread over two seasons you can kind of decide if you like a show after the first season and want to continue it um, and not have to commit to another 25 or so episodes. So that that was one of it, one, one part of it. The other part was um, when I think about the, that episode count, it has to be just the core story anime. So that 50 episodes would not include like OVAs or specials, etc. So we're talking like the core story of the anime is 50 episodes or less. My next rationale was um, watchability. So these all have to be easy watches, but still very good, very enjoyable, 
and I would say are among some of the most popular anime right now. So they're strong in terms of like represent representing what anime has to offer. Because if you think about it again, the the goal is to get somebody hooked on anime. They want they're a beginner weeb. They're dipping their toes in the water. You want them to enjoy the experience. Um, and then the last part is not so much a rationale, but the way I structured my list. And it's around the type of person watching because not everybody loves the same thing. Not everybody, surprise, surprise, likes shonen. As big of a, a cross-section of anime as that is. So I thought about like somebody who likes history or likes uh, psychological thrillers or likes comedies. So I didn't solely base my list around that, but I tried to match these shows with a particular genre so that anybody can find a way into anime. So with all of that said, let's go through our list of good starter anime for a, be a beginner weeb. Um, knowing that I have way more than you do, do you want to do like, Two from my list for every one from your list? Yeah, why not? Again, I'm sure there will be some overlap, so you'll probably cross a lot of things off of my list as we go along. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? You can start. Okay. So um, these are in no particular order, but uh, the first genre or the first type of viewer that I thought about was the person who likes science and technology and I thought a really great starter anime for somebody like that would be Dr. Stone which I know you haven't seen. I figured once you mentioned science and technology it had to be Dr. Stone. Uh, in that case it's almost like this could be a list for me as well like for potential anime I should watch, even yeah. though I'm not a beginner, <laughs> but go ahead and elaborate. So with Dr. Stone, it's 47 episodes currently, and that includes the new season. So within that 50-episode range, um, I feel like Dr. Stone is mild enough where you get a good sense of what anime is all about, but you also see how deep anime can go in terms of like appreciating a specific genre or um like a specific uh you know like like something like science right so with dr stone there's such a level of detail when it comes to the science in that show but without it feeling heavy or saturated or boring it pre presents that just enough information for you to learn something um, but also for you to still find it enjoyable and then the actual story like the plot of dr stone is nothing like super crazy. It's just this, you know, current day society, everyone gets turned into stone. Um, and then like 3000 years later, Senku wakes up and he's now trying to rebuild society. Like that's, that's the core of it. While also trying to figure out why everyone turned to stone in the first place. Pretty simple storyline, but really, really interesting the way that they approach it. I would also say very anime-esque. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of like, campy anime tropes like a lot of um a lot of like over-the-top humor and facial expressions and all of that so again it's a good way for somebody to get familiar and comfortable with the uniqueness of anime the next one i have is for um like somebody who would enjoy history um <laughs> i think carl's probably got this on his list if not i'll be surprised can i take a guess go ahead vinland saga that is correct it's vinland <laughs> saga with this new season it's 48 episodes 
um, and, right? Yeah, 48, because 24 and 24. So 48 episodes, easy watch, and the story is really fucking good. It's so good. I, I've shared a couple times now that the most hype thing that I'm watching is Vinland Saga season two for this current season, or actually last season and this season. It's phenomenal. So somebody who likes a historical drama, would that would you say that's a, a fair category for that or genre? Yeah, because it. I don't think... It, it takes a lot of creative liberties with Viking history and with the actual Thorfinn. So yeah, historical drama, I think, is the best way to describe it. Yeah, so I think that it's such a good show that would be for somebody who likes... Um, I, I'd kind of say like a game, Vikings. Vikings, yes. Or <laughs> like a history Game Channel, of so. Thrones type thing mm-hmm. where it's not like actual history, but it has that grand feel to it. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other shows. I, I'm blanking on like r- like regular TV shows that fit that same category, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. But Villain Saga is great. Um, first season is a wild ride. It's brutal. Um, it's intense. Thorfinn screams nonstop. And then the second season rolls around and it does a 180 um, where it's more about uh, focusing on the characters and the consequences of their actions. And I won't say more than that. So if if you enjoy brutality and intense fights and all of that, you're going to get that in the first season. But if you're someone who likes this genre but prefers more of like a character study, you're going to get that in the second season. So I think Vinland Saga is great because it really does give off that vibe of a lot of major TV shows that are rooted in history that we have here in the West. Yeah, I would say Vinland Saga is probably one of the more palatable anime series for the Western audience for the same reasons that you mentioned is that it's historical drama very much in the vein of shows like Game of Thrones or I know in our reviews for Vin- Vinland Saga I, I compare it to Vikings which was a TV show on the History Channel, uh, putting that into anime form. But I think what also makes this interesting and what it kind of sets it apart from uh, the Western media that would have these kinds of shows is that it has this really interesting pacifist message within all of the gore and the violence. Because the story goes far beyond all of the gruesome visuals of war and battle because this series takes its template of violence to really convey this profound message of rejecting violence. And in season two, though I would say most of it is like a character study and very interesting character study, that portion deals with learning how to heal from the demons that arise from violence and learning to really reconcile with that. And I think for Vinland Saga to take what is typically very attractive about these kinds of shows, which is seeing all of this action and seeing all this bloodshed, which I'm sure us Americans and the West are really desensitized to, but we are drawn to that stuff. But taking that and putting a different spin on it that really makes you think, the way that it kind of puts this message together I think it comes across stronger than many forms of Western or even live action media that try to do the same thing. 
I feel like Vinland Saga is the opposite of what I described Dr. Stone as because, as I mentioned, it, it does feel in a similar vein to a lot of Western TV shows where you're not going to get a lot of, like, tropey anime elements to it. There mm. are some, especially during the comedic moments, but nothing like Dr. Stone where every five seconds somebody's making a crazy face or screaming or there's, like, some splashy background or something. So, yeah, Vinland Saga, I think, is an easy way for someone to transition from Western media into Japanese anime. Yeah, and I think part of that is because it doesn't take place in like a sort of Japanese inspired setting. It's in what, like early century Europe. So a lot of, I'm sure, familiar looking locales for a lot of viewers who aren't familiar with like Asian or Japanese culture. I know that knocks one off of my list, but I'll start with another anime. It's actually from this current season, the spring season, that I think any sort of fan of drama would really love to watch. And that is the anime My Home Hero, which I know we talked about at the beginning of this episode. So I'm not sure if there's anything I can add to that. But I know that some viewers and some of the readers of the manga have referred to My Home Hero as the sort of Breaking Bad of anime for how it has this engrossing thriller narrative that just really sucks you right in. And I know for me, it leaves the viewer at the edge of their seat with every episode's cliffhanger. We've talked about this before, and I haven't seen Breaking Bad, so I, I, I can't comment on that, like how accurate that is. But as far as my take, I feel like my home hero gives me like taken vibes. Like al although where we're at right now in the show, it's kind of deviating away from that. But the movie Taken is the vibe I get from the beginning of my home hero. Yeah. When I mean like I think what they mean by Breaking Bad is just more so how deep the narrative is and how well crafted the writing is. Uh, and it's always interesting in this show. It, it's basically, without giving too much of it away, it's basically the lengths a father goes to help out his daughter. And the things that he does are very questionable, but also just really intricate and really intriguing. And seeing how he pulls these things off, uh, it's very impressive. Uh, so I think any sort of like drama thriller fan would love to see the intricacies of this sort of story and i know we've commented especially in our spring 2023 impressions episode that the animation isn't quite stellar it's it's sort of like standard anime but i don't think that will really detract anyone from really getting engrossed in the story of my home hero itself the next one on my list is for the person who enjoys a good period piece. I'm thinking somebody who likes the Briggertons. Is that how you say it? The Bridgertons? Bridgertons. I don't know. I didn't watch that show. Or the Downton Abbeys. Um, I would say Violet Evergarden would be a great starter anime. Mm. It's 13 episodes and one movie. So super, super easy watch. And it's done by Kyoto Animation. So it offers a new weeb, um, a glimpse into what anime can do in terms of animation quality. I mean, Kyoto Animation 
is known for having some of the cleanest, most aesthetic and gorgeous animation in the anime industry. So you have to have a Kyoani, a Kyoani anime on the list that so that they can experience how beautiful anime can be. And Violet Evergarden is a really beautiful story. Um, it's a it's set during wartime. Um, it's about somebody who grew up as a child soldier and is now free from that, but is trying to experience life that they missed out on um, and figure out what love is. So it's a really, really gorgeous story and gorgeous animation, just gorgeous all around. So I feel like anybody who likes a Downton Abbey or something like that would really enjoy Violet Evergarden. And because it's, I know that Kyo Annie has the tendency to have some of those very anime tropey things in their show, but Violet Evergarden is not like that because it has more of a serious tone. So it's going to be an easy transition into anime. Downton, <laughs> picturing Downton Abbey, I didn't realize that was the premise of Violet Evergarden. Um, it's actually but, pretty gory sometimes. Yeah, I was reading the premise off of Wikipedia. I was like, this is as far from Downton Abbey as you can get. <laughs> but I guess the aesthetic of it, where it's kind of that old-timey sort of English feel. Yeah. Say. Okay. The next one I have, I, so I actually stru struggled to find a good category for this, but I feel like it'd be great for somebody who appreciates very good writing and and very good cinematography i guess like someone who appreciates what goes into making a great piece of work and that's the anime 86. Mm, okay so it's not 86 episodes it's 23 episodes so again an easy watch um and it's broken out into two seasons so you can you can take your time with it but i think 86 is rich in its storytelling I know some people out there don't enjoy 86 as much as we did. Oh. <laughs> Anime Brothers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, they're still good people. <laughs> but I think it's a really, really good show. I was so, so impressed with the storytelling. It is set in wartime. It does have a lot of themes around like racism um, and all of that. Uh, but at the end of the day, the story is super interesting. And I've read this multiple places where people who read the light novel say that 86 is a masterclass in adapting a light novel into an anime. Um, so yeah, anyone who, who really has an appreciation for cinematography um, or very like subtle storytelling would love 86. I think 86 injects just the right amount of quote unquote anime into a story that deals mostly with war kind of like vinland saga war and violence using that as the template but on top of that it's really about camaraderie and sticking up for the person next to you and i thought with that it just made for this beautiful story about lena and shin and the spearhead squadron that without saying too much i think brings you to an ending or quote-unquote ending that you really don't expect, but it's one that that kind of leaves you enlightened in a way. The other thing I love about 86 as a starter anime is that character design-wise and aesthetically, it looks like 
what a normie would consider typical anime. Like if you think about Lena's character design, would you ever expect her to be the character that she is, right? Or mm. Shin's character design. It's very, um, I don't want to say standard character design, but it's it very much evokes today's type of anime, today's type of anime character. And I think a normie or a beginner weeb may think of that in a certain light until they see these characters in the setting of 86 and realize how serious and how intense and how mature the story is. So it's kind of, mm -hmm. it might be kind of weird for them to pair a, I hate to say like immature, but like maybe a less mature character design with the maturity that the storytelling has. Yeah, I mean, Lena does look like a, a younger female, but obviously she's, she's part of this regiment and, very intelligent and has battlefield experience uh, so yeah it's it's a weird sort of i guess dynamic between how she looks and how she acts on the show and that's the same with all the other characters who yeah they they look very anime <laughs> right but I, I think you can kind of look beyond that and s see wh what their thoughts and their actions are in the show and just really empathize with them on that sort of level you could even say that the character design subverts expectations <laughs> there we go we've been using that a lot this year i mean there are other anime that do that way harder than 86 like madoka magica i mean i you would never know what you're getting yourself into but 86 still accomplishes that i would say my next recommendation also subverts expectations oh. thinking back to the one friend that like I kept in mind when putting together this list, they don't really find interest in animated TV shows as a whole. So thinking about that, I was hoping that this choice would kind of get them thinking outside of that. Because I feel like the reason they don't like animated series is they equate it to cartoons, right? Like things that you see on Nickelodeon, on Cartoon Network, where it's a lot of slapstick and toilet humor. And so I think this show has that sort of visual aesthetic, but then it, it kind of flips it on its head with its content. And I'm talking about the sleeper hit Odd Taxi. Oh, okay. I did not know where you were going with that. Right, because it has anthropomorphized characters all the characters in the show are a particular species of animal and they are all living in modern day tokyo and it, it focuses on a taxi driver who looks like a walrus and the story go like it's all centered around this sort of gripping take on the classic whodunit narrative so the way i see this show is that even though this almost looks like a knockoff of Arthur from PBS Kids, their lineup. The maturity of the storyline and the dark themes of it are something to really wrestle with when, again, looking at all of these characters and thinking, oh, they look so cutesy and this looks like what I would expect out of an animated show or, or of anime. But I think it really highlights what makes the genre of anime so special is that it takes this sort of medium of drawing these 2D characters, but 
applying it uh, with storylines and narratives that you wouldn't expect from a quote-unquote cartoon. I don't totally blame normies um, for thinking or associating cartoons with like kid stuff. I think back in the day that was way more the case, but I, I don't know. Part of me also feels like nowadays there's so many great shows out there that are animated and meant for adults that are pretty well known where I'm kind of like, well, maybe nowadays it's not as, it's not as like valid of a thought process. You know what I mean? Like you could easily whip out like a shitload of shows that are animated in the West, but are very much intended for adult audiences where you could say, nah, cartoons immediately being for kids is not the case. I guess. Yeah. Thinking about shows like South Park Family Guy, The Simpsons. I don't know if that's what that's what you were sort of going for, but I would still kind of group those under the category of like slapstick or or toilet humor, right? True, because the other ones I was thinking of was like Rick and Morty and like stuff on yeah. Adult Swim. <laughs> but things like Odd Taxi, I think, go beyond that sort of look and flourish into something that is really gripping with. Again, it's it's sort of the the mystery of what's going on in this anthropomorphized version of Tokyo. And that's why anime is so great. That's why anime stands above a lot of other animated shows is because it looks one way, but actually has a lot of very rich storytelling. All right. So next on my list is the category of superheroes for the person okay. who loves their Marvel and DC shit. Um, no, it's not My Hero Academia because that's mm. well over 100 episodes. So I went with One Punch Man, which actually a lot of normies or like very casual anime watchers fucking loved One Punch when it came out. A lot of people I did not expect to even watch anime have told me that they really enjoy One Punch Man. So I think this one's an easy one because it's already proven to be a great hit with people who are not super into anime. Plus, it was a great cosplay for people who were, were for being bald. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 24 episodes as of the current season, which is season two. I know there's a third season coming out, but we don't have any information about it yet. So we are at 24 episodes. And I don't, I didn't watch the second season. I know you watched it, and I've heard that it's not the greatest. So you could probably just watch the first season, no, and you'd no, be no, fine. No. I, I would say that One Punch Man is great for a beginner weeb. So that they can understand the good and the bad of anime. That's true. Because there is a lot of that out there, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, One Punch is just such, a, such an easy watch. I think that it's it's obviously a comedy anime. Um, so it's not as heavy in its story. But there is still a story. And that's what's important. It's not just adventure of the week kind of thing. Like, take it in bite-sized pieces. You need to watch the whole thing to understand where it's going. But it's easy to digest because a lot of it is the comedy that it's rooted in. Yeah, I think it's it's meant to parody the superhero genre and modern day superhero films. And I think for, for Saitama to be at the center of it is, yeah, this one, I guess it does go in the same vein as all the animated shows that I previously said are full of like dumb humor but here again i think anime takes it in a way that makes it more more provoking or like thought provoking if that makes any sense 
Yeah, and I think Saitama's a very relatable main character for people of our generation. <laughs> so basically, like the the millennials, um, I think he's somebody that a lot of people can identify with. <laughs> so it makes it even easier to get into this show. My next one is for the music lover, and there were a lot of shows to pick from. But again, thinking about the episode count and about the watchability of it for a new weeb, I thought a really great music anime would be Carol and Tuesday. Hmm. So I don't think this one's as widespread, um, but it's made by the same creator as Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. Um, it's 24 episodes. I, I don't know if it was like a Netflix exclusive. It was. Okay. Yeah. So that may be why less people saw it because it's stuck in Netflix jail. But Carol on Tuesday is a really good story um, that's just pure love of music. And it's not tied to one specific genre of music. I think that's what made me pick this over some other music anime where it's just about classical music or it's just about jazz or what have you. Carolyn Tuesday touches on almost every single genre of music. It has its core one that ties into Carolyn Tuesday's own sound, but there's like competitions where they have songs from like other genres, including what is that fucking mermaid group that has that one really out- outrageous song? Oh, what genre that? Like doo-wop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great like, song. Was that great was song. such an unexpected but hilarious song. If you've seen the if you've watched the show, you know which one I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I think that any music lover would would appreciate Carol on Tuesday. And I think the story is very relevant to today. Yeah. Carol on Tuesday was it was a simple watch, which is both a good and bad thing for me. But I particularly enjoyed it, as Courtney mentioned, because of the music and its message of the power of music and seeing people's passion for music and using it in a way that really reinforces like the positive energy of, of a community. And I think what makes the music in this so stellar is that it's, it's well-produced compared to a lot of music and other music-related anime. And on top of that, the reason why I think it'd be good for beginner weebs who are English-speaking is because all almost all of the music is um, sung in English by native English speakers. So Carol and Tuesday is interesting because they didn't have um, Japanese stars or artists singing the song in not their native language, but they actually had... I'm guessing a good chunk of them were probably American or European or whatever. Like expats in Japan. Yeah, who are native English speakers singing these songs. So it does sound pretty much like Western music. Is That's the best way I'm trying to, to, trying to describe it is that somebody who is, you know, outside of Japan, someone who's um, of the Western audience could easily enjoy this music. They wouldn't have to... Um, I guess, kind of adjust themselves to any sort of like dialect or accents. I'm trying to be like super nice about it. I'm not trying to like bash on anybody, but sometimes when you hear a song sung in English by someone who's not a native English speaker, it can take you by surprise and it takes a bit of adjusting to get used to that. But with Carol on Tuesday, the, the viewer will find less of that. Well, since you mentioned a work by Shinichiro Watanabe, 
my next recommended anime is by the same creator or director and this is also a a music related anime uh but it's also more than that it's kids on the slope which happens to be one of my favorite anime of all time uh one of the anime of all time yes (laughs) (laughs) uh like i said it's it's heavily music focused more specifically in the genre of jazz jazz (laughs) (laughs) because they put genre and then have the same inflection jazz let's make that a thing jazz (laughs) the genre of jazz uh but besides the music i liked it because it deviates from typical anime tropes to focus on this coming of age story uh, between these three classmates that I feel like it could kind of fit within the realm of Western live action. And so it's not like this isn't your typical slice of life anime. I think slice of life is, it's almost like an acquired taste for some. I know for me especially, but I feel like this is sort of a bridge between those familiar with Western dramas or even like Western teenage dramas into the more easygoing slice of life stuff. Because there are parts of this that are happy-go-lucky, especially when you see these classmates grow their bonds together over their love of the genre of jazz. (laughs) (laughs) But I think seeing their relationship take more of an intense turn is what drew me into the show. And especially with two of the classmates who really share a bond over music, seeing their relationship sort of have its ups and downs was a treat to watch. And so, yeah, I think Kids in the Slope is a great way. Kids in the Slope? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying with this one. Kids on the Slope is a great way, again, to kind of ease into the world of slice of life without being too slice of life you know what's interesting the person who recommended kids on the slope to us was my sister who is very much a casual anime watcher like i'd almost categorize her as like one step beyond a beginner weeb because she's only watched a handful of anime oh i forgot that she was the one who recommended this. <laughs> like she's by no means like a beginner weeb, but she's seen a, a a chunk of anime, I'll say. Um, but definitely not nearly as much as we have. So yeah, it's funny that she was able to watch this um, and really, really enjoy it and recommend it to us. Well, let's keep the Shinichiro Watanabe train going because... My next category, or I guess it's not a genre, but my next type of viewer is somebody who doesn't want subtitles, who doesn't want to listen to Japanese. It is the dub lover. And the best anime for them would be Cowboy Bebop. Mm, I was wrestling with this one, but go ahead. Well, I mean, it's on here under the dub lover section because to me, it's one of the best dubs in all of anime. Um, it's 26 episodes. It's an easy watch. It has both the Adventure of the Week style um, episodes as well as plot progressing episodes that focus on the overall story. It has the funny uh, comedic episodes. It has the super dramatic 
um, action intense episode. So it has it all. And I, I have a hard time talking about Cowboy Bebop because it's one of my top three favorite anime of all time. And I, I very much treasure that. And I try not to share too much about it because I like my thoughts around Bebop. And how, how, did it, how do I describe this? Like something about Bebop is so special to me that I recommend it to everybody, but I don't talk about it often um, because it has like certain feelings that it evokes for me. But I would strongly recommend it to a beginner weeb because it hits on all of those marks. It still has that anime feel to it. But if you want to watch an anime and not have to read subtitles, or if you want to watch an anime and be able to eat food at the same time without missing what's happening, (laughs) then Cowboy Bebop is the show for you. Yeah, I agree with all of your points. The only thing that held me back from potentially recommending this to a beginner weeb or someone who is starting to get interested in anime, or I guess two things. One, going back to that friend who fell asleep during the first episode. Oh. Uh, But two, I feel like Cowboy Bebop is almost so high culture and high art. I know you mentioned that it's an easygoing show. I would actually argue that it's not so much. I mean, there are parts of it that... Like you said, there's the the comedic aspects of it. Yeah, those are easygoing. Yeah, but then you you start to, like, in certain episodes, see the overarching themes of the show, which are about, like, loneliness, purpose, boredom. Uh, That's where it starts to become more of, like, an intellectual watch. Um, But, yeah, I, I guess I would still... Like for any anyone who wants to like graduate to the next level of weeb, that's when I would recommend Cowboy Bebop. But of of course, it's one of the it's considered one of the best gateway shows for anybody. I mean, it's it was featured on Toonami in its heyday, and I think that's what really helps draw people into anime is that it was featured on Toonami, and like you said, it it features a very very good dub casting. But I will also say that this is another show that even though it's an anime, it doesn't feel like anime, especially because you can correct me if I'm wrong. The main characters, I believe none of them are actually of Japanese descent. Uh, yes, I don't think so. And the aesthetics, I know certain locales or certain planets uh, have that sort of cyberpunk setting mixed in with like neon Tokyo lights, but... It's a space western, so it also takes place in areas that are familiar to the West, mostly like arid desert lands or things that like casinos, so things that are plenty in America. So something, again, that's palatable to uh, a, a Western viewer who might be interested in seeing what anime has to offer. Well, again, it's for from the, the perspective of somebody who doesn't want to read subtitles. So I think like Cowboy Bebop is really, really good for them because a lot of people may think, well, dub in anime um, is hit or miss or whatever. Like, Or I don't like dubs for other foreign shows, so then this one can't be good either or anime can't have good dub either because... Um, there's a lot of Korean shows on Netflix and, and other streaming services. And my mom in particular watches a lot of them and she likes to watch them dub because she doesn't like reading subtitles. Um, but she's kind of hit or miss on whether the dub's actually good. 
Uh, sometimes it's just a dub for the sake of a dub, and sometimes it's it's a really good dub where you, where the dub artists are very much into their characters and try to do the best that they can to make it feel authentic. Um, so for Cowboy Bebop, I would say that the dub is a great proving ground for the dub potential of anime in general. So if someone's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like the dub. It's not going to feel good. Watch this show and you will feel great. I think nothing has come close to the quality of the Cowboy Bebop dub. It's almost, I feel like it's like movie level voice acting. That's true. So maybe I'm I'm kind of setting <laughs> them up for some failure because they're going to watch this anime, mm. love it so much, and then never find anything where the dub is as good. I mean, <laughs> there are diamonds in the rough out there. Uh, I would say Samurai Champloo, which is again an, another Watanabe show. But you've got like an the dub. same. You got for the most part Stephen Blum also yeah. in that one. <laughs> and I think I mentioned this on yeah. Shout out to the Anime Brothers, but I mentioned this on their episode for Trigun Stampede. I would say Stampede also has a really, I would say decent English dub. So. Not the original Trigun. <laughs> I would say I mean, anything Johnny, Johnny Bosch, Bosch does. Yeah, yeah is phenomenal. Because I, the the dub for Trigun, the original, it's good, but it's, it's campy. Just, yeah, it's very <laughs> campy. So I would say Stampede is a, a cut above that. Interesting. Well, that could be another one to add to the uh, the section for dub lovers. Next up is for the action lover, and this is Cyberpunk Edge Runners. One of the easiest watches because it's only 10 episodes, which is a crime. I think it should have been at least 12 episodes. It was that good. Or even a full season. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's by Studio Trigger, which I think Trigger is uh, one of the best studios when it comes to action in anime. That is really their, their forte. Sometimes their shows are all action and no substance. <laughs> but for the most part, their shows have really good plots. And Cyberpunk Edgerunners um, is exactly that, including a uh, plot in the show. So if you like a lot of nipples, then, then oh, <laughs> there's the plenty of plot. to plot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very mature show. Um, it's a wild ride. It's beautifully animated. And it is action-packed. But again, it's not just action. It's not action for action's sake. It's not just throwing flashy things at you. It has a really fantastic story that left me pretty emotional by the last episode. So I think anybody who enjoys, okay, I was going to say like the Fast and Furious franchise, but like, does that have any substance with the story? No. I don't know. I've never seen I, it. <laughs> I've talked to my friend who's like on a Fast and Furious high right now. There is absolutely no substance to the <laughs> plot lines. I feel like a lot of action-heavy movies kind of don't always have good storylines. Um, I would say, I don't know, like, I don't know if John Wick is a good example. Yeah, that there's no substance in that story <laughs> either. Uh, well, there's got to be some action, you know, action movies out there that have good uh, good depth to their storylines. But even, even if they don't, an action lover would love the visuals of cyberpunk edge runners in the beginning and then leave the show at the end having experienced a phenomenal storyline i haven't watched many works by studio trigger i know that we watched gurren lagan but i think in promare yeah but gurren lagan isn't trigger it was a former employee of i think gynex that worked on gurren lagan that went on to form trigger uh 
yeah, Promare. I would say that was a, a work where it was just more all substance. <laughs> or wait, <laughs> more yeah. action, no plus substance. Yeah, I had a weird. I had a different phrasing in my head. <laughs> I was gonna say it, it's not all plot, no substance. No plot, no substance. But yeah, balls to the wall action there. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Cyberpunk Edge Runners has that balanced mix of action and story and it's i would say a more unique take on how anime looks especially because of course it's it's deriving from the video game cyberpunk 2077 so a lot of it is inspired by how that game looks and along those lines i think this anime proves that anime is a great way to put a a franchise or series back on track because nobody i feel like nobody was talking about cyberpunk 2077 after its awful like critical reviews until edge runners came out and it was just it it re it restored the reputation of cyberpunk everyone's like we'll give it another chance i guess (laughs) but no you're absolutely right i think that's also another reason I put Cyberpunk Edge Runners on my list is because that's got to have one of this most seamless transitions from normie shit to anime shit. You go right from the video game into mm, right. the anime that's inspired by the video game. So that that's easy. Easy peasy. And then hopefully the person is hooked on anime because it's a great fucking show. Well, I'm going to take a step back with my next recommendation from all the action-packed shit like Cowboy Bebop and Cyberpunk Edgerunners, and I'm actually going to bring up a movie. I think this is the only movie I have on my list, but it was one that I really enjoyed, and it's the film by Makoto Shinkai, the first film of his that we ever watched, and that's Your Name. I also have Your Name on here, and I also have a movie section but I only have two movies on here. So I'll mention my other one um, right after. Okay. And yeah, I would recommend to any starter anime watcher to watch this original before some Hollywood bigwig decides to fuck it up with a live action adaptation. Because I know that was in talks in recent years, especially with J.J. Abrams and seeing how he kind of handled the Star Wars sequel trilogies. I am not so confident in if he would be able to handle an adaptation of Your Name. But I would say Your Name is a a great sort of gateway anime film if you like cheesy shit, because it's the cheesy shit that we see in typical romance films in the West mixed with supernatural phenomenon, which I think is prevalent in anime, but it does it in such a brilliant way. And I wish I could expand upon it further but I think that would just spoil too many details of the plot. But the way that that the cheesy shit and the supernatural come together in the climax is it was just something that I didn't expect. But it was also just a thrill to watch this movie in terms of both storytelling and the visuals. Uh, who's that? Who does this visual? Oh, yeah. Comics Wave Films. This is the most cinematic I've seen of anime um, in a film. And 
that's why it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought there. But yeah, Your Name, I would say, is a great starter anime film. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's so well done um, in a way that anybody can appreciate the story. Um, it's It's got deep themes, but it's not like too deep where you have to like really push yourself to enjoy it if you're not like already drawn to anime. Um, See, I think Your Name is great. I think it kind of made its rounds um, with how popular it got with some like the normie community. So I think this one's already sort of proven itself to be a really great gateway or starter anime. The other movie I had in mind was A Silent Voice. This Mm. one's a little bit different, though. It's trickier because A Silent Voice has a very, very, very heavy story. Um, It still has a lot of light moments, but the story is way heavier and way more dramatic and intense than your name. So I think that would be great for a drama movie lover. Um, But I think it's a phenomenal anime movie. It's my favorite anime movie ever, and I recommend it to everyone. I most recently recommended it to my other sister. I'm like, you got to watch it. Be ready for it. You have to like preface Mm -hmm. it by saying you have to be ready for what you're about to watch but it's so worth the watch do you know if she's watched it yet i don't think she has yet Mm, but i hope she watches it soon i guess like bebop i would recommend a silent voice for someone who wants to graduate to to the next level of weep because yeah it really tugs at the heartstrings but i think your name does it with a lesser intensity a silent voice is a great way to prove to somebody that anime is not just all kid shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So then jumping back into my list, um, the next category, the next genre I have is psychological thriller or psychological drama. So I actually have three for this one. Um, the first one is Death Parade, which is 12 episodes. Super easy watch, but so fucking worth it. It was so fucking good. Uh, Then there's Summertime Rendering, which came out recently. I want to say the end of last year. Yeah, 2022. Although this one um, didn't get the recognition it deserved because it was stuck not only in Disney streaming jail, but Disney Japan streaming jail. Um, But it's 25 episodes and it's super good. I I feel like Summertime Rendering, more so than Death Parade, evokes that Western psychological thriller feel so even though it's set in japan um it's still something that western viewers would be able to appreciate death parade is also by a a powerhouse anime studio madhouse yeah and then summertime rendering is by olm which is also a, a notable anime studio um but yeah i guess both shows are great examples of their work i would say death parade would be great for somebody who likes stuff like saw or maybe even like Squid Game, but with way more substance in terms of the storytelling. Granted, I haven't watched Squid Game, so I don't know if I can really speak to that, but I'm guessing that that Death Parade may have a more rich storytelling uh, thing behind it versus like maybe what Squid Game has. So any 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 psychological thrillers like that that push people to their limits, Uh, If someone enjoys that kind of stuff, they're going to enjoy Death Parade. And Summertime Rendering, if somebody likes a good mystery coupled with um, supernatural stuff, they're going to love this show. The last one I have under this category is, of course, Death Note. Ah, 
which is only 37 episodes. It feels a little bit longer than that, but it's not. It's 37 episodes. So it's, again, an easy watch. <laughs> I would say that's a big brain watch. It is a big brain watch. <laughs> so that one, I, I would need a caveat to it. Like, just be ready for it. But for someone who loves really good writing, similar to like the 86 category, I would say Death Note would be right up their alley. It's, I'm trying to think of a, a good Western counterpart show. Death Note. Death, yeah, Death Note with <laughs> was it, Light Turner. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, see, that's the thing. You'll have to tell someone to watch Death Note, but insist that they don't watch the shitty live action version. I, I was thinking it's similar in premise to... Catch me if you can, in a way. Although that's a movie, not a TV show. I'm sure there's other crime type of shows. I hate that I can't think of anything because there's something that's like on the tip of my tongue or like at the tip of my brain <laughs> where I just can't think of it. But I know the second we're done recording and be like, shit, that was the show. Yeah, I feel like there's a show that has a criminal and a cop who are at head or go head to head, but I can't think of the name of it. I'm sure somebody out there can think of like 10 examples. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Death Note is one of the most popular anime in terms of like ta le leaking into the normie crowd, um, where if you tell somebody you watch anime, they probably would say, oh, like Death Note, kind of like how people immediately know about like Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe Death Note's not as common as those shows, um, but it's common enough where I wouldn't be surprised if a normie who's never seen anime has at least heard of Death Note. And not because of the stupid live action, <laughs> but because Death Note is phenomenal. Yeah, Death Note is one of those anime that I think also defies anime. I mean, it has the supernatural sort of tropes that you see, anime, but I think it, similar to My Home Hero, it has a really engrossing story. Again, a, a psychological thriller, part of that genre that really hooks you in. And I feel like I'm just using the same thing I used to describe my home hero, but it really does leave you at the edge of your seat seeing what Light Yagami does next. My next recommendation, this is a, you might find this a, a strange one, but it's, it's a show from the fall 2022 season that I absolutely adored. It's Akiba Made War. Uh, okay. Because, <laughs> so, like, why not throw yourself right into the thick of anime and otaku culture with a show that delves into anime and otaku culture, especially the culture of maid cafes? But I think what makes this show even more stellar is that it, it's almost, I feel like it's catered to fans of quentin tarantino or fans of action comedy because it lampoons and in a way champions the maid cafe phenomenon set to the tune of a yakuza like gang war and so in that sense you have all of these slapstick and absurd antics in the show that remind reminded me of movies like kill bill or rush hour and I think it's the most I've frequently laughed out loud at an anime for quite some time. And even the visuals of it, of course, it's an action-oriented show. And there are set pieces, I would say, in every episode. But they're also impressive 
even like watching the very first episode, there's a sequence that happens in tandem with uh, a cafe maid doing a dance for the customers. <laughs> and it's also like guns blazing, but it just work. It's so stupid that it works so well. And it's almost like if I were to take that scene and show it to someone as like anime out of context, I would say like, this is what anime is all about. <laughs> I would say the viewer would need to have at least a surface level understanding of Japanese culture, not like traditional culture, but like Japanese otaku culture. Yeah, otaku culture or like just even current culture. I don't know the the phrase I'm looking for. Modern Culture? modern culture i guess yeah um but yeah they would need to have at least that at minimum to fully be able to integrate themselves into akiba made war and then also get hooked into anime through that but i could see it working so the next category i have is for the disney lover or maybe even the disney lover who thinks ghibli films um are the only thing that come out of anime uh i would say ranking of kings would be a great starter anime mm. 23 episodes very much gives off a disney vibe has phenomenal animation that was wit studio yeah wit studio i mean just just gorgeous has just enough action to make it um you know really intense and exciting but has just a really endearing story and a really endearing main character and a really endearing supporting character. And again, just gives off that Disney vibe. It, it, this one definitely looks like a kid's show, but yes. <laughs> it is not a kid's show. It's far I, from it. Yeah, and I would say it has probably a, a more mature story than what Disney could ever put out because Disney wouldn't, I think, push the boundaries that far, except for Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ranking of Kings, I would say, is in the same vein of Odd Taxi, where it, it looks one way, but is subverts the complete, expectations. Yeah, it, it's the complete <laughs> opposite of what you expect. Um, and I would say, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think it it kind of fits into most anime tropes either, but it, it sort of does follow a, a a Disney TV show or movie formula but then animifies it, which makes it all the more better to watch. But I think beyond that, it's not as predictable as a Disney movie. Like you can pretty much tell how a Disney movie will pan out. But with Ranking of Kings, what really surprised me was how unexpected a lot of the characters were. There were multiple times, multiple moments throughout the show where I'm like, I don't know what to expect of this character or I don't know what to expect of the situation or this character. I thought it was going one way and it completely surprised me. So it's it's a very rich story, um, but one that it is, again, endearing. Like Endearing is one of the best words I can use to describe Ranking of Kings. And I think that would hook somebody who enjoys Disney films. Then, of course, there is the comedy genre because we can't miss out on comedy. I have two for this. The first one I have is The Devil is a Part-Timer, which as of the newest season is 25 episodes. Mm. Um, although I'm hesitant to recommend the newest season, but the first season is fucking awesome. It's like One Punch Man. Yeah. Taking the good with the bad. That's what you have to learn in anime. Yeah. <laughs> but The Devil is a Part-Timer is like a reverse isekai where the devil ends up in our world and just has to make ends meet. So it's very relatable, surprisingly, because a lot of us have gone through the grind 
um, and have worked interesting jobs um, and have, you know, I'm, I'm sure like struggled through one thing or another. And that's exactly what these characters go through. But there's also the whole isekai part of it where there's another world and things happening in this other world and them trying to get back to that other world and try to figure out what's going on. So it's a great starter anime because it's relatable. It's funny. It's an easy watch, but also kind of allows the viewer to dip their toes into isekai, which is like one of the most saturated genres right now in anime. It's ironic because I think The Devil is a Part-Timer is the first show I watched that was related to isekai, but then it's a reverse isekai. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Where it's a fantasy character ends up in the real world. But I think for a normie or a, a beginner weeb, it's, I think they would appreciate it for the fish out of water comedy of it kind of like movies i think we we've compared thor to a modern day or yeah uh modern day reverse isekai um there was that one disney channel original movie with tyra banks Uh, oh where she's a mannequin she becomes like a doll or something a real person yeah oh my god what is the name of it it's gonna bother me i'm gonna look it up really quick because yeah it's bothering me right now too Life size. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) But I would say that sort of comedy is understandable and, like you said, relatable in in terms of, (laughs) like, being down and out and and trying to find a job. Uh, Yeah, I don't think, like, that's something that's exclusive to anime, but it's something that anyone could appreciate. The other comedy anime I had is Konosuba, which is, as of right now, 20 episodes in one movie, but that's not counting the Megumin spinoff that's currently airing. Konosuba is great and, ironically, is a proper isekai, <laughs> but it's a really good isekai. So, again, it's it's a great way to introduce a new weeb into what is the most popular thing in anime right now, which are isekai um, it's it's given Shonen a run for its money, <laughs> so I I love I love Konosuba because it's just stupid humor. So if somebody loves stupid humor with not as much substance to the overall story, while there is still an overall story, I think Konosuba is a great fit. Yeah, no, you've tried to convince me to watch Konosuba for a while, and so in a way, I feel like some of some of the anime you've mentioned on your list are. Also to appeal to me, uh, but yeah, I I think after getting my fill of isekai, I'll need to dive into this one. You got to detox first and then watch Konosuba? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my next anime recommendation is a big one because it falls in one of anime's biggest genres, and I think it's most popular genre, the shonen genre, and so I went with the recommendation of My Hero Academia, which I think is the quote-unquote easy shonen anime for someone to learn about the fundamentals of shonen anime because that's exactly what I kind of went through when I first watched My Hero because I think, I I guess, I, I watched some episodes of Bleach and there's another, and my last recommendation on my list is technically classified under shonen, But I think My Hero was the first proper shonen that I got into. Uh, I think it's easy for the Western 
palette because it ties in with the superhero phenomenon that's dominated Western pop culture for many years now, but it's packaged in a tidy way that steadily introduces very treasured anime tropes like power systems, thought-provoking discussions on morals, a very overwhelming cast of characters, and of course, the crybaby protagonist. There it is. All key ingredients to a great shonen anime. But then it also turns the superhero genre on its head by exploring the darker side of being a hero and breaking down what it really means for a hero to save others, which I get is sometimes explored in films like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in DC films, but I think in anime form, it just hits different. Yeah, I agree. I I didn't have my hero on my list um, because of the episode count, but I do have like an honorable mention section, which includes My Hero Academia. So very much agree that it's a great starter anime. Uh, The only thing that I think could turn somebody off, actually there's a couple of things, but one of the biggest is how saturated it is with characters, which you mentioned. Like the cast is enormous. And I know that Marvel has an enormous cast, but Marvel gives enough spotlight to each of its characters that it introduces that you don't feel too overwhelmed because you at least get to know these characters. My hero Mm. throws in heroes and then like gets rid of them just as quickly. And I'm like, there's so many people. There's so many characters. I don't know what's going on. There's not enough time to learn about them. They don't give you any sort of opportunity to learn about them. So it can get very frustrating and very overwhelming. But at the very least, you get familiar with class 1A. Yeah. And that's pretty much all you need. And then a handful of the pro heroes like Endeavor or All Might, of course, um, Eraserhead. So like there are the key characters that you know matter. Um, but I know that was a whole headache for me. It was trying to learn all of their names and remember all of their quirks uh, at the beginning of the show. But the more you get into my hero, I guess the easier it gets. So I'll see your shonen and I'll raise you a shonen. And I actually don't really know what category this would be. So if you have one, let me know. But I would say as cliche as it sounds, Demon Slayer is a really good starter anime. 49 episodes in one movie. So it just barely <laughs> reaches that 50 episode count. I know the movie's going to be kind of lengthy, but it's fine. Um, it's 50, you know, per the math. So Demon Slayer, I think, is a great way to show somebody the type of anime that is very much rooted in Japanese traditional culture, um, but also show a lot of like supernatural shit and really amazing fight scenes and gorgeous animation beautiful soundtracks i mean demon slayer has so much going for it uh it's already got a pretty big reach i mean it's probably one of the biggest anime right now and has been for quite some time but the story isn't going to be infinite because the manga ended and i think it's a pretty tight story like it's it's a it's a long-running story but not nearly as long as something like bleach or one piece or naruto or anything like that so it's it's i think doable even as more episodes get added i think it's very much a doable anime as a starter anime yeah i was surprised when i learned that um demon slayer's manga run wasn't like it was only over the course i think of four or five years 
Uh, but I think that's a great way to like that the, the mangaka knew when to end the story so that it wouldn't constantly drag on like most manga or anime are out there you know, looking at the big three. Uh, but yeah, Demon Slayer, I, I could see that as another palatable shonen. I think the genre, I'm looking at Wikipedia, it describes the genre as like adventure, dark fantasy, martial arts, which I guess applies to the swordsmanship in the show. Uh, but yeah, it's a really great example of terrific anime visuals, especially with Ufotable at the helm. I know they're technically CG animation, but it's done in a way where it, it kind of tricks the tricks the eye to believing that it's 2D because it's it really replicates the 2D animation well. And it's not like your typical shonen. I don't know. Like maybe it is your typical shonen. Maybe it's not. I guess it depends on the person and what they view as like typical shonen. But yeah, it's got the crybaby protagonist, so it fits that mold. But yeah, Demon Slayer is phenomenal, and there's a reason that so many people love it. And I think it's already a gateway anime for a lot of uh, new weebs, so it's proven itself at this point. I think my niece, like that's one of her favorite shows. Yeah, she loves Rengoku. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> That leaves me with one more anime recommendation. Oh, yeah. That was my last one, by the way. Oh, it was. So we're ending on a good note. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm surprised that you didn't bring this one up because I feel like we suck major titan cock on this podcast. Okay. I know where you're going with it. It is an honorable mentions because it's over 50 episodes. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go out and say Attack on Titan. It was sort of my gateway anime to go back into rediscovering the wonders of anime Uh, and i put it on this list even though again i feel like we suck major titan cock a lot on this (laughs) podcast but it's for a very good reason because i think of all the popular and mainstream shonen that you could introduce to a newbie i would say that attack on titan is the most intriguing and enriching of all of them it's i I know early on people were describing it as a post-apocalyptic sort of or dystopian show um so something along the lines of the walking dead and i guess in a way you could compare it to game of thrones with the fantasy elements but unlike those shows it takes the story and throws it in a direction that you would have never expected especially comparing where we started in season one to where we are at with the final season it's almost like you're watching two different shows but the complexity of it is so well connected that it all makes sense and that's just thanks to its impressive and amazing storytelling which I, I, I think it's on the level of Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead, but I think it, now that I'm talking out loud about this, I think it exceeds those levels of storytelling in those shows. I mean, definitely Walking Dead. Walking Dead doesn't come close to what Attack on Titan yeah. has to offer. And then Game of Thrones kind of fell off in its own final season. Yeah. Uh, but there's not 
like if if you're a fan of those shows, I think you would love Attack on Titan because it's it has like blood and violence, but it's not so gratuitous that it would make you wince. Like there, it purposely, I guess, censors certain sections where you're not gonna be like, oh, that's so gross, but. No, it definitely is gross. You have to be prepared for the gore in Attack on Titan. (laughs) I'm thinking of certain scenes where, yeah, you see blood splatter, but it's not to the point where it's overbearing. No, I disagree. I think Attack on Titan, you need to warn the person that there's a decent amount of gore. I'm not saying it's like horrible gore. Like it's, there's definitely more like gore porn out there, but Attack Mm -hmm. on Titan has the level of gore where I at least feel like mentioning oh by the way it's a pretty gory show you're gonna love it it's great it's not like gore for gore's sake it's gore that plays into the scene that plays into the show and helps to express the atrocities that these people are going through but it's gore and it's it's it can be really intense some of the stuff is really out there i guess what i was going for is that if you've watched the walking dead then the violence and gore and attack on titan is like a, a walk in the park yeah, uh, walk in the park. I don't know. I would say it's like maybe same level. I don't know. Maybe we just have different <laughs> perceptions on the gore and Attack on Titan. Maybe I'm just more desensitized <laughs> than the average viewer. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say anything else. I mean, Attack on Titan is the anime of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, but for real, it's, there's a reason that it's so historic and it's not even done yet, at least on the anime side of things. As long as MAPPA sticks the landing with the ending... I think this will be a historic anime that is going to be very difficult to to overcome for many, many years. Um, and I think Attack on Titan, like many others like Demon Slayer, has that reach where it's seeping into the normie community where it, they have at least heard of Attack on Titan if they know what anime is. Really quick, before I mention my honorable mentions, I feel like Spy Family would be a good one. I didn't have it on my list, but it just popped into my head. Yeah, I was that's thinking a of that super too. easy good starter anime. Like I think anyone would enjoy that. Um, and it's taking the anime world by storm, so they, there's a good fandom behind it, and uh, I'm sure they'd be very welcoming to any beginner weeb. So I would add Spy Family to my list. But honorable mentions wise, we've already talked about Attack on Titan. We've talked about My Hero Academia. Um, these honorable mentions are ones that exceed the 50 episode count the other one i would mention is monster which i have recently finished mm. monsters like 70 something episodes i think it's 74 but it's fantastic for somebody who loves like a crime type of movie or show like crime mystery it was so intric- intricately written so well written um and it's set in germany so even though the main character is Japanese, it's set in Germany. And there's a lot of like German culture and all of that um, kind of embedded in the show. So I would say Monster is a very, very good starter anime for somebody who likes the complexities of a crime drama. So I wanted to mention like what makes something not a good starter anime. And I don't know if you had anything written down or we could just kind of talk about it. But these were things I was just writing down as I was going through my list. So we've talked about like what makes a good starter anime, but what what would you say doesn't make a good starter anime? And I can go first if if that helps. Um, yeah, I didn't write anything down, but just thinking off the top of my head is if it just lays too much into anime tropes that it, it becomes too overwhelming for a first-time viewer. 
Yeah, I think that's that's really good. So I'll kind of jump ahead in, in my list here. I would say shows like um, Darling in the Franks or My Dress Up Darling that can come on a bit strong with the lewd stuff. Probably not good starter anime because I could scare away some people. Like the goal is not to scare them away. You want to ease them into the lewdness and the de- the degeneracy of being an anime fan. That'll surface surface its way, you know, up at some point. But you don't want to come on too strong by just throwing somebody into straight up edgy like Prison School or Golden Boy. Um, I think technically my dress up darling is an edgy anyway. But I I would say those might be. A bit much. Um, in in a similar vein, dumpster fires like domestic girlfriend, <laughs> those might be mm. a little much for a a brand new weeb or a normie. Um, we talked already about anything having like over fifty episodes or having a an enormous episode count, um, like Bleach and and One Piece and all of those. But I would also say something like Code Geass or Oregairu or My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu is the other. Um, title for it where there's really dense writing um code gias may not be as like super dense yeah it's not as complex as something as like an attack on titan um but it's it's a lot like code gias is phenomenal but it's a lot it's a lot to absorb and it is some of the fastest pacing (laughs) i've ever experienced in anime so that could be maybe a bit too much for a new weave um, I would also say something like Evangelion, where it's like really fucking deep, where they'll just come out confused as fuck because we all come out confused as fuck. No matter how many anime you've watched, unless you're some elitist or whatever, you're going to come out of Evangelion just confused, just confused, but still enjoying what you have watched. The last subset, I would say, of not good starter anime would be things like Wonder Egg Priority or Promise Neverland that shit the bed with really bad endings. Mm. Like really, like just atrocious, egregious endings where the studios just fucking gave up at the end. Those are not gonna start our anime because the person's gonna walk away thinking, what the fuck did I watch? Why did that end so poorly? That's the only other thing I have to add is never introduce someone to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really good anime. No. But yeah, starter anime, that's definitely coming on real strong. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is not a great starter anime. Again, I think for a lot of these shows, they have to graduate to a certain level of weeb. But yeah, be gentle with them. It's their first time. <laughs> what other anime do you guys think are good starter anime? If you have any ideas you want to add to our list or if you want to comment on the ones that we think are good starter anime, reach out to us. Let us know. Um, the easiest way is to join our Discord and to, to chat with us there about it. But I'd be curious to know what other good starter anime people would introduce to beginner weebs that won't scare them away, that'll get them hooked on anime, and that would not be an unrealistic time commitment. And thank you guys, as always, for listening and supporting the podcast. We appreciate you guys, and we love you guys so, so much. And subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries. And tune into Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. <laughs>